Good morning. It's Friday, March 19th. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. How's it going, Aaron? Going great, man. It's going great. My daughter turned four today. Yeah, go Gracie! Yep, it's Gracie's birthday. That's awesome, man. I feel like you guys celebrate a lot of birthdays, but it's because <laughs> there's a lot of you. There's a lot of Buleys in this house. Yeah, with four kids. <laughs> Birthday, especially in the front half of the year. We are, are they, they're all piled up. Heavy. Heavy. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yours is soon, isn't it? It is. It's like, uh in 10 soon. days. Yeah, it's in 10 That's days. Soon. That's right. That counts. Yeah. That counts as soon. Now, this one is uh this one is special. It was it happened right in like in the middle of all of my chemo stuff. Yeah. And then it became a really scary delivery for Joanna. Yep. She was stuck and we had to switch to emergency C section. Yeah. She wouldn't come out. And then she But well, that was out, even more disruptive, wasn't. right? Because uh yeah. you you guys were trying to do a home birth, correct? Yep. On the, with Grace. Yep. And my wife did all three of our kids were were home births as well. Long, interesting yep. story that actually led to that for anybody that's interested, reach out. But yeah, we uh well, of course Elizabeth and Joanna ended up talking a lot about that experience in general. So we were very sort of in tune on what was going on there. And yeah, it was uh it was really scary when we were hearing about it as well, because any, any risk in the pregnancy at home, it's not worth it. So there, there's always a transfer plan is yeah. at least that's, that's how we, uh, how it was sort of explained to us. So the transfer plan is under these circumstances, we basically get in an ambulance if that's necessary, or we hop in a car and we go to the hospital to, to do, I guess, a more traditional birth. I, I put that in quotes because I'm not actually sure which one's traditional at this point. Yeah, I don't know that if you want to call it traditional. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, yeah, go back thousands of years and, yeah. you know, women were... That's, that's why I put it in quotes. In a, <laughs> Modern right. U.S. traditional? Ah. Yeah, they didn't really have hospitals, traditionally speaking. No, they didn't. Anyways, yeah, yeah that, no, lots of interesting stuff from that. But I do remember that time, and I do remember uh, being scared for you guys, too, and just thinking, holy cow, when yeah. it rains, it pours because uh, that was pretty intense. Yeah, it was wild. Like we were already comfortable with the home birth stuff, but yeah, with me having no immune system and wanting to be there, we were like, yeah, right. this is another opportunity for us to kind of avoid the hospital, avoid sure. any other potential complications because I was having to spend a lot of time in the hospital anyway. And then, yeah, she was trying to give birth and it's like midnight and then it's 1 a.m. And we find out we don't have to get into the whole deal here, but yeah, it turned into an emergency pretty quick. Yeah. So ambulance shows up and she gets whisked away to the hospital. Yep. And uh, the lady that ended up doing the C-section, she had just come back from maternity leave herself. She had literally like just walked back onto the floor 20 minutes ago. Like just wow. came, like just back. She did a phenomenal job. She was fresh. But it was, oh, <laughs> wow. It was a, it was an exciting, exciting day. That was really intense. No, and we remember obviously visiting uh, Joanna in the hospital and, you, you in a different hospital. That was yeah, yeah. So like 24 hours after she was born, I had to go start my third round of chemo, and Joanna couldn't leave yet because she was still recovering. So we're like facetiming between different hospitals. It was, it, it was, was worse than that. Joanna, it was like total lockdown in Joanna's room. I remember that. Yeah. It was like if she moved wrong, an alarm went off. It was a weird hospital. Yeah, <laughs> it was right weird. at the end of the hall. She's right at the end of the hall, and like there's a there's an ankle bracelet on Grace. It's like a flight risk thing. It was crazy. Yeah, I don't know what. I don't know, man. It's Actually, so that but, makes sense for Grace. 
But if you, take, <laughs> if you held Grace in like a certain part of the room, it would set off the alarm as if you had left the, <laughs> left the hall. It was so weird. It was but that was so like the strange. only way you could get, get people to come help you anyway. So you'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. Anyway, I'll tweet out a, a fun picture today of that time. Right, well, Happy birthday, born. Grace. Kind of yeah. All right. Tech news. Tech news. Yeah. You yeah any history? I don't have any history. I got, I got nothing. Yeah, there was one for yesterday. Arcade game of many firsts. So March 18th, 1974, Atari introduces Grand Track 10. It is the first arcade game to use solid state read-only memory, or known Ooh. as ROM, to store sprites for each car, the game timer, the racetrack, and the score. Wow. As such, it's the first game to have defined characters rather than mathematically manipulated dots. That's cool. I don't know that game. I feel feel bad. Yeah, it, it just looks like a racetrack kind of a deal. The game's controls, which include a four-position gear shifter, cool. steering wheel, and two foot pedals, are all also firsts for arcade games. Yeah, that's that's hardcore for. Yeah. I mean, Atari alone. That's awesome. I wonder if video game enthusiasts, in particular, like the historical ones, I wonder if they attribute that game to being like the grandmother of all racing games or something i don't know i mean you and i've played a lot of video games and i've played a lot of racing games i've never never heard, heard that track 10 referenced but that's pretty imp- i mean come on with those yeah. controls and or stuff any, like, like that and the fact that it, it was that groundbreaking yeah. I mean, that's that's impressive so i yep. wonder i wonder what the gap was before the next uh, i guess groundbreaking title because maybe it was just too long ahead of its time as it were yeah i don't know I don't know. 1974. Crazy. Cool. Okay. That, that's a fun one. Yeah. What you got? What's in the news, man? <laughs> so I've spent this morning celebrating my daughter's birth, but there's one, the top article on Google News Technology reads, <laughs> Zuck slowly shrinks and transforms into a corn cob ahead of Apple's looming privacy updates. <laughs> I was just like, what? <laughs> Excuse <laughs> what? me, what? That's super colorful uh, title manipulation there. It really is. It really that's- is. That's and I'd never heard that term and they define it in the article, but it's actually, it's kind of interesting. So Facebook has pushed back against Apple's planned rollout of anti-tracking tools. This is on gizmodo.com. They seem to be changing their tune uh, as a last ditch effort to save face. And that's part of what the corn cob aspect is. Apparently it's like if you get owned and you don't admit that you're getting owned and you corn continually insist that you are not getting that owned, you but you still are. Yeah, that's corn you- cobbing apparently. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's news. I didn't know that. So yeah. And Zuck went on Clubhouse the other day and he was talking. He said, the reality is that I'm confident that we're going to be able to manage through that situation well, and we'll be in a good position. Well, that's that's funny because now, now I feel like that I know what corn gobbing is. My initial reaction to the Clubhouse stuff was corn gobbing, apparently, now that I <laughs> put a different word to it. But as I read through it, I was like, ah, actually, they've got a decent argument there because they're basically saying that advertisers aren't going to want to use Apple's platform as much for the same thing. And they're going to be able to sell some of those services more directly through the Instagrams and the Facebook platforms directly, yeah. which is good for them for business, but not necessarily for their users. So I, I think it's a fine line, but I get the argument, actually. Yeah, well, and to just be hyper clear on this, Facebook's concern is they they weren't they weren't super keen on the idea of what was happening with Apple's planned privacy updates for iOS 14 that are going to roll out sometime this spring because Apple aims to give iOS users more transparency and control around their data by requesting permission for before apps can track their activity across other apps and the web. Resisting that headline just sounds dirty. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like. 
Apple wants to give their users more control over privacy, and Facebook's like, no, Zuck F is that. Pissed. Yeah, Zuck is pissed. <laughs> and it's so, I mean, it's good. I think it's a step in the right direction for iOS. No, for sure. It was it was greatly welcomed whenever they released the hey this application wants to use your microphone would you like to allow it it wants to use Bluetooth it wants to use your location yeah. allow allow you know or don't allow I mean that was eye opening the amount of applications that were just taking that data you know all of it anything that they could get some of, some yeah. of the applications you know just it'd be everything it was like, why do you need this you know yeah so I didn't realize this it makes total sense but Facebook roughly ninety eight percent of their revenue stream it depends on targeted ads which yep. wholly depends on monitoring a person's browsing habits. Like everything. Everything, yeah. So the initial kickback here was, no, you can't do this. And then now they're saying, well, yeah, like you were just explaining. Yeah. Maybe it puts us in a stronger position. Yeah. But the quote that he said is confusing. He said, it's possible that we may even be in a stronger position if Apple's changes encourage more businesses to conduct more commerce on our platforms by making it harder for them to use their data in order to find the customers that would want to use their products outside of our platforms. I was like, what? <laughs> that, well, it's a lot of words, but I, I think if you were to try to summarize it, well, he's just he's just saying that if it's harder to get the data for targeted ads by going through Apple or similar platforms, and it's yeah. easier by going through Facebook because Facebook's still collecting data from you everywhere else, then people will continue to go to Facebook. And yep. you know what's what's funny about it, I think, and funny is not even the right word because it kind of makes my skin crawl a bit, but I don't feel like this would even be as much of a thing if companies like Facebook and Google and probably also Apple and I know for a fact the cell phone manufacturers your Samsung's your your you know, Google outright right when they were doing mm-hmm. some of the lab stuff if they weren't collecting that data and then literally selling it to anybody that wanted it for any reason because there's plenty of evidence of that right it's not just targeted ads targeted ads are somewhat innocuous that's really like okay do you want ads to be relevant or irrelevant? It's like, well, I'd rather never see them, but if I have to see them, I might as well want them to be relevant to me. That's pretty easy to kind of wrap your head around. It's like, okay, but if that's the worst thing they do with all that data, that's probably okay. Only it's not. Yeah. They've done so many, they've crossed so many lines and it's been like, do you have dollars? Because if you have dollars, I will give you anything and everything you want. I got it all. You can buy it from me. And so it has been used against people. It has been used for awful stuff. I mean, it, what's what was the name of the Cambridge Analytica? Yeah, yeah. Things like that, where, where it's not just targeted advertisements. I'm sure you could argue those were targeted advertisements. It's just the, the purpose was not to sell you a product or get you excited about something. Sure. Here, let me give you some more Facebook news. Facebook planning to create a version of Instagram for children under 13. Not doing it. Hard pass. Hard pass. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's a big nope. I'm often reminded of the the scientific, no, not scientific, popular science article about bats with bombs, which I feel like we've talked about on the show. Yes. Go Google it. Look it up. This sounds like a bats with bombs problem, right? You don't give 13-year-olds access to device and free range to communicate online with anyone, including other 13-year-olds. Yeah. Unless you, you fully wrap your head around how that will devolve so fast. It will. It will. And they've got a bunch of ridiculous stuff in here that they think will will help kids. Prevent it. It's going to help kids is not being addicted to their phone at the age of seven. That would be great. But uh, it doesn't surprise me because last year they released the Facebook Messenger Kids to allow mm-hmm. kids to get on Facebook to Facebook message with other kids. And but they can't really get on oh. Facebook. They can just get on the Messenger. Yeah, yeah, right. And like I, I ended up enabling that for my kids and they don't even use it because I locked that crap down to like the four people they know. 
You know right. how interesting a messaging application is when you can talk to four people that you could walk outside and talk to anyways? Exactly. It's not that fun. Yes. And I'd be okay nope. with an Instagram version that works the same way. Guess who you can follow? Your cousins. Yeah. So you can see pictures that they share. That is it. That is all. Yeah. That is forever how it will work. And they're going to get so bored so fast. It's just going to evaporate. The more I just, <laughs> the more I watch my kids grow up and their propensity to spend their time buried yeah. in a device, the more I think, gosh, you have your whole life to suffer with that. <laughs> you know, go outside, grab a stick and dig a hole in the dirt or something. You know what I mean? We do that a lot. We, we catch a tadpole in the creek, you know, right. It's just, we, like, we limit screen time pretty aggressively there are certain situations where yeah. arguably it would be better if they weren't buried in a tablet or something right road trips have become one of those double-edged sure. swords for us yeah. because if you give the kids a tablet and a movie you have like quiet adult time for sure. hours on end when you take yeah. long road trips but then they don't experience the road trip the same way you do and the only reason we probably still do more tablet time in the car than we would otherwise is that I think back to my road trips. And you know what I remember about road trips sitting in the back of the car? Fighting. Mm -hmm. That's all I remember about being in the back of a car on a road trip. <laughs> I fought endlessly with my brother. And if that's my only memory of like multiple times a year going on long road trips with my family, eh, bury your head in a tablet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, but do I want my do I want my kid waking up and thinking about Instagram? No. Absolutely not. No. Not at all. Get out of no. here. <laughs> like, I don't I don't just... want the gamification of those interactions. I don't want yeah. the I don't I don't want any of that. I I feel like the only way you can make that safe for young kids, stuff like Instagram, right? Safe safe and useful, not good, not bad for their brains. I don't I don't know how else to say that is to yeah. dramatically limit what they're exposed to, which makes the platform kind of ridiculous and not very attractive, right? Mm. Like I was saying, if you restrict something like the Instagram people that you can see and do anything with to a very small group of friends that you have curated as an adult, as a parent, then it will not be a very fun platform. So why does it exist? Yeah, yeah. All right, other news. Uh, let's move over to my favorite messaging app, Twitter, which I love and I hate, and I hate how much I love it. But <laughs> anyway, yeah, so Twitter is testing, letting you watch YouTube videos right from a tweet. So if you've ever clicked oh, on a YouTube cool. video in a yeah, tweet- like fully you know, embedded? It's gonna kick you out. Yeah, it'll it'll go launch uh, a web, uh, like a yeah. browser version of YouTube, sure. and then you have to click another button if you actually wanna go watch it in the app because it's like 10 <laughs> times better to watch it actually in the app than it is in the Anyway. So is this a is it an advertising content thing? Why are they doing that now? I think they're just trying to avoid the edit button. I think they're just trying to find anything other than uh, the edit button. It's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they need they they need an edit button that's got a timer on it. Like yeah. within five minutes, you can edit out your thumbs. Well, what about the V space? That's how I type one. everything. That's that, what I mean. That but, realized, but, within, like, but it was a day later. Kieran pointed out. But still, let's put a time limit on it. The problem with a day is that people will do everything that you don't want to happen on Twitter with an edit button, which is they'll say something, garner a reaction, and they go change what they said. I get yeah. it. I understand why they don't want to change that. But the number of times that I've had to delete tweets because I am incapable yes. of writing a complete sentence on first pass with my thumbs yes. and rereading it because apparently that's my issue is, is like all of an them. hour or something. Yeah. It's yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. But I mean, if you edit it, then say it, it's edited. And I've seen people position the idea of, Hey, if somebody retweeted this, then they get a notification. Hey, this was edited. Do you want to approve that you retweeted oh, this? God, can you imagine you know? that? But indefinitely, 
And that's why I, I'd be okay yeah. with a time limit, but how long? I don't want I don't, I don't want 800 notifications for tweets that got edited that I responded to, right? In fact, yeah, I want zero. I don't care. Call it a day. Call it yeah. like a 24 Just hours. Make all the tweets ephemeral. People can screenshot them and put them in Google News articles, and then they all just evaporate. And I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Care. It's a hard problem to solve. <laughs> anyway, this YouTube one, they're testing with a very small group of users in Canada, the US, Japan, and Saudi Arabia. And uh, it's going to be a four week experiment. I just don't understand. Like, I mean, we do this on websites all the time. Some websites have embedded YouTube content. Yeah. It just does what it's supposed to do. I don't right know. There I guess they just want to see, see how it works, see if there's, see if engagement goes up, see if it frustrates people, see if it breaks, you know, just standard I, I just, stuff. Standard I mean, I guess QA. breaking, sure, but I feel like this is a problem we probably already solved. I, I don't, what, I don't understand what this is supposed to fix. An annoyance of jumping out. I mean, yeah, okay, it, it fine. Is. That, that's fine. How is Twitter like the last site ever to have embedded YouTube content, though? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is, uh, you know, if you wanted to upload a video directly there and just have it play embedded, the max you can do is, I think, two minutes and 20 seconds. That seems super arbitrary. Well, it's what they, they chose, right? But you could publish a 45-minute YouTube video, tweet about it, and then somebody can stay inside Twitter, not leave the Twitter app, Click play and sit there for 45 minutes and watch it. Well, that's not good for Twitter unless there's like a casino in the sidebar or something, which is probably where well, we're at. <laughs> not leaving the app is, is I think, a good thing. Because when Twitter, you're done, but you're yeah, still in Twitter. Still in Twitter. I think if you could if you could window and window it in the app and have like Twitter yes. Twitter uh, Twitter video up on the left while you scroll through using 2% of your brain for eight different things. Yeah, I'm for that. That would be good. Hear that, Twitter? That's Add terrible. it. Add it. Do a picture <laughs> picture. I don't need that in my life. All right, Whatever. changing gears. Eight. So California's net neutrality. Six year old. Ugh, ugh. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Nope. That's that's fair. Whatever. It's awful. <laughs> so California's net neutrality law is in effect. I forget when it actually went into effect, but uh, AT and T obviously quite um, fervently against any net neutrality uh, because they're probably one of the worst actors in the space. And proof is in the pudding here because they came out and they lied to their user base and said that California's net neutrality law is forcing us to eliminate basically zero free data. So zero fee data. Um, and so uh, their, their argument here is that because of California's net neutrality law, we can no longer provide HBO Max without charging you for those data within our cap limits because, well, they don't say why, but the answer is because the only way under the law that they could do that is to also allow other streaming apps, a la a neutral position, yeah. to do the same and get the same benefit. Yeah. And AT&T took it a step further and said, because of state lines, and I just absurdly, that's the entire statement, right? Um they're disabling it for users all across the United States because of California's net neutrality oh law, which, which is hilarious because on the, uh, on the surface, you can imagine it's like, okay, well, you could have built this in such a way that it, it doesn't allow you to pick this, the individual users or, or sections of users to do this. And then in the article, they come right out and say, this is absurd because you already have the ability to basically mark which user has a plan that allows the pass-through of HBO Max or whatever data yeah. you want, and the other ones don't. You have the mechanism in place to pick and choose who gets this and who doesn't. And it's like, oh man, this is, this is just a, like a little thought war. And what happened to do the right thing? Okay, right thing for your make, customers. make the right money. But what's funny about it is, is that 
it is a lie, right? There's not a, I don't think there's a different way to cut that. It is a lie to say we cannot stream this freely anymore to you. Right. It is not a lie to say we cannot stream this freely to you without streaming everyone else's content also freely, which would be devastating to my bottom line. Right. Say but they're that. not going to say that out loud. Uh. Because it's exactly why net neutrality is a thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it they they as the service provider, the ones that are selling you the pipes, are intentionally and successfully giving advantage to their own streaming platform. This is why net neutrality is a thing. And they're basically standing on a pedestal and saying, it's not fair because it's doing what it's supposed to. <sighs> AT&T, I, I'm sorry, that AT&T, Comcast, all, all of the service providers, they're just, they deserve to be vilified because they're awful. I will say that I had an amazing experience with my ISP this week. And wow, really? it was so weird. It was so weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, advertise for them. They deserve yeah. their your okay, accolades. So it's frontier, frontier, right? I, I, nothing has frustrated me more in the past. No company talking to them has frustrated me more than frontier. No company, period. <laughs> their support has been very frustrating. And then yesterday, they blew my mind with how effective and how friendly and how concerning really? and how, wow. yes. Maybe they're listening, man, because that's been the wild. biggest criticism. I remember when I lived the in Frontier, Plano, I applaud you. Next door was always littered with frontiers of dumpster fire and I'm angry, right? And and I'm sitting there thinking, listen, no, their internet service is fine. I don't have many disruptions unless you know somebody literally digs the line up or you know the gas station on the corner blows up and tears up their equipment or something. What are you mad about? And it's like the sport's terrible. It's like who talks to support? And the answer is very rarely have I needed to talk to support. And yeah, it's usually a terrible experience. So that's cool. What yeah. what did you have to talk to him about? Was this about your uh your new uh, router about the new, setup? Yeah, about the new yeah. uh, wireless mesh and all this kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, so I was talking to this lady in tech support and I was surprised at how overly friendly and willing to help. That's awesome. That they are, right? The, the way she represented um, the company. So take note, Frontier. Kudos to her. I, I'm hoping everybody acts the same. That rep's killing did. it. Yeah, and, she said, I, mean, I, I think that stuff's huge, right? And I we talked about this before, but I think it's worth saying again. I really think... The reason Amazon has been so successful in their space, shifting gears from ISPs for a second, is that their support is bar none amazing. Who is? Who I have is a problem. This? Amazon. Oh yeah, like if you have a return or anything, something. I, I don't like care. Like consumer. I, I bought Amazon? something and yeah. uh, like you rounded wrong on the pennies, and they're like, "Yeah, fixed it." Yeah, it's I, I mean, literally, their it, bots are so efficient at yeah. fixing small problems. This is yes. how everything should work. It's like. I've had issues where it's just like, you know, this showed up and it smelled funny and they're like, great, refunded. I'm joking. But it was it's that easy thing. to go through it. Yeah. And, and I was reading an article about this a couple, maybe months ago. It's more efficient and effective and profitable for them if you like so you did the Walmart pickup or whatever and you get home and it's like, yeah, yeah. this peanut butter jar is yeah, open for some reason really already. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yep. It, it wastes everyone's time for you to have to bring the peanut butter jar back up. Or they just argue they don't about even it. ask questions. They just give you the money back. Nope. Right? Same thing. Yeah. Walmart. Walmart's food are. delivery has been that way yeah. too. Right. And if and if you're somebody that abuses the system, and sure. Every single week you're getting you know asking for hundreds of dollars of refunds. Right. Then you're going to have sure. yourself a problem. But yeah. If every six weeks you have you know a jar that was already opened or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or your, there's a problem. Sure. Back. Yeah, and, and, and that's a good point because uh, Amazon and Walmart uh, from the food delivery side are definitely like that. I mean, we had 
uh, I think it was an Amazon food delivery a little while ago. And I, I, I will criticize in their app because I want them to fix these problems, but I'll go and I'll rate deliveries on that kind of stuff, which I'd rarely rate anything, but I will rate deliveries if something's wrong because I want them to stop doing certain things. And in our case, they they use uh, paper bags, or at least I think they always do now. Um, uh, Amazon does. And um, they will overload them to the max. So you you will like get onto your porch and you'll pick up a bag and the bottom will just fire out and apples will go everywhere, right? Yeah. And so this happened twice and it's like, just stop putting so much stuff in the bags and I'll stop telling you that all of my apples are bruised because they're all bruised. <laughs> if yeah. you want all of my money for your apples, stop delivering them this way. And they yep. actually, I mean, I, I can't, I don't know if I doubt my note fixed it, but they did stop delivering 800 pounds of apples in a single paper bag. So that that's good. But, that's um, good. but, the, but they're really quick. They're really quick to respond and refund and just say, yeah, our bad, whatever. Now, whether or not they fixed the underlying issue is different, but I guess if most of my apples have a bruise I can cut off and they were free, I, I would probably take that. If you just yeah. want to give me free bruised apples, we could cut the middleman out and I want to dip buttons. <laughs> just ship them to me <laughs> weekly. All right. There's more on Facebook. We can get past this one real quick, but Facebook is working on a neural wristband that reads signals from your yeah. brain to your hands to go along with its AR glasses it's developing. And remember, we talked about, what did we say? 10,000 of their employees are focusing on AR VR now. We talked about that on Monday, the the neural wristband. I still don't understand what that is supposed to mean. Like, yeah. does it shock you? Is it painful? Because it's not going to be reading a whole lot of super interesting neural information on your wrist. Yes. Yeah. Not um, a brain interface. Exactly. <laughs> so maybe they should have said it differently or something. But anyway, Facebook exec Andrew Bosworth uh, has said a number of times, but he's quoted here. I cannot emphasize this enough. This cannot read your brain. So don't call it a neural wristband. Yeah, don't call it a neural. It's a wearable. Like everyone else's wearables, it can only read crap that's right there in your wrist. And that's not a lot of neural stuff. I'm not saying, sorry, neuroscientists, I realize there's probably a ton of neural activity in your wrist, but it cannot be that valuable to an AR system. Yeah, well, so it's kind of interesting. So it says it is actually reading electrical signals sent to your hands from your brain, but it can't read your brain. But they're saying that it's a bracelet that lets you type without a keyboard. That's kind of cool. Potentially without even moving your fingers. All right. I take it all back. That's kind of cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So I guess if it's reading signals, <laughs> if it's reading muscular signals of like, hey, my brain is saying, move my right index finger from the J to the Y. Yeah. You know, and I'm, and I, and I'm sure. also telling my finger to go down, but I don't even have to move my hands and it's typing. That's yeah. actually kind of creepy. It is. And I love it. Yes. <laughs> Sign me up. No, that, okay. So that's cool. And, and that, okay. Credit given, that actually sounds pretty neat. If you're really doing that much neural reading, but I mean, I do understand like, what else do you call that? So yeah, fair. he compared it to, he compared I this device to statements. a keyboard, which I think yeah. is another false comparison. It's a <laughs> mistake. It's not a keyboard. Yeah, they're, they're making lots of mistakes. Wrist. Yeah. The keyboard doesn't read your thoughts, he says, but it takes your motor inputs that you yeah, make. And translates them, them to expressions. Sure. Yeah. So I guess that part makes sense. I don't know. All right. Uh, okay. So I, like I said, retracted statements, it's less absurd now. It's sometimes fun not to read this. Plus the link's not there. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> the one that I saw just, just talked about the neural wristband and it that's it. Like it was just a title. It's like, what are you on about? But that's kind of cool. 
Um, yeah. and, well, and I can and imagine some things. You know what that reminds you me of? You can trigger things like instead of saying, hey, Siri, right? Or Alexa, whatever. Or, hey, Google. Apparently, you can create hand signs that yeah. will trigger them. And sure, so it gesture. can read the fact that, yeah, you're, you're gesturing a certain way. Now, there, but then if it can do typing without actually moving your fingers, then you're going to be able to do gestures that are just in your head. Yes. Weird. I'm, I'm flicking you off right now. <laughs> in my wristband bulb, nose. Right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, you know what that reminds me of actually is uh, it's from the series, the Ender series, you know, Orson Scott Card's um, Ender's Game and then, mm-hmm. then that whole universe. Yeah. There's, I feel like it's later in the series, which when it gets super weird, by the way, because it gets super weird. Um, there's a device that is embedded in at least one of the characters' throats. And he, I forget, I forget the phrasing because it's been decades since I read these books, but he can communicate with like an AI basically. And, and he can do it without talking. He can do it basically through like a, a sub oral sort of frequency adjustment in his throat. He got used to communicating just with that one entity without mm-hmm. actually voicing the stuff. And that's, that's kind of the same thing. So it's talking without talking. It's yeah. uh, that sounds really similar. It's kind of cool. Yeah, this is weird. We're, we're getting to that point where it's, you know, we're communicating between humans without talking or moving. Yeah, that's, that's awesome and yeah. creepy, but I like it. Yep. So, okay. So here's a fun one that I wouldn't have known anything about, but Sorry. okay. So Aaron and I are both wearing uh, tech breakfast hoodies, right? That, that are stupid, comfortable. And I, I actually forget where I got them. Ridiculously so, so. comfortable. And they got accentuate up. my muscles it's so well. And they looking. taper like down the arms. They're not just like big baggy. <laughs> Anyways. I look like the rock in him. Really? Yeah. <laughs> sure ahead. you do. You, <laughs> Anyways, they're branded tech breakfast with the new logo and stuff. And, and I branded them. I, I ironed these on, which I had never done before, right? And I did it with a, what, a cricket, I think is what, what they're called. And it's like a, a home um, multi-tool printer that's designed to cut uh, vinyl for different applications. And apparently, it's got huge followings and stuff like that. And my neighbor's got one, and she loves it, and she uses it for all kind of crazy stuff. Um, and she said, oh, yeah, that's super trivial. Go get these amazing hoodies. Oh, from random C-R-I-C-U-T. retailer. C-U-T. C-U-T, yeah. Okay, cool. And, uh, and, and so and it was cool. Like, I took the logo that we had, and she was able to just upload it to her thing, make a couple of adjustments, and then print out the vinyl. And in the Cricut, it actually does all the cutting, right? Then you just kind of cut around it. You get it ready, and then you do a hot press on, on your clothes, and depending cool. on what your what your clothes is like it's got a timer it's basically like a an iron that's also a dumbbell and it and it seals it on there so all that is the backstory to why i even know what cricket is because i would not have if it were not for my neighbor and it were not for these hoodies basically um apparently cricket has their own design studio i think it's actually called that ds like design studio and it is their proprietary platform for editing images so that you can get the cuts right on your printer and you have to print through Design Studio. But from inception, you have been, as a, an owner of the device, you've been able to upload as many images as you want to that Design Studio and, and come down and cut. And you don't have to pay something that they do have as a premium service for their Design Studio to do editing and stuff like that. So apparently, like three weeks ago, roughly, they just came out and said, 
we're limiting user uploads to 20 a month to our design studio, which you have to use to, to use the device to cut stuff. And okay. if you want more than 20, you have to pay us $20 a month for our design studio access. So they went from like freemium to bricking your device if you needed more than 20. The outroar was hilarious because I started following uh, the Cricket subreddit on Reddit just yeah. to see if people did crazy weird stuff with it because you can apparently get heads that can cut through different materials so you can do stuff like inlays and woodworking and that got my brain kind of going off down what? some Oh, this some is actually stuff. crazy, yeah. It's neat. It's a really cool device, right? So it's it's like a I, I would It's like a knife I, blade, fine point it blade, is. pens and markers, foil transfer, scoring wheels, perforation, yeah. wave yeah, this is cool. Right. So so it's 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 a multi-tool. It's basically like a really low powered CNC, right? Because it, yeah. it's able yeah, it's able to draw in the space. And yeah. and I I I mean it is a CNC of types, but obviously the materials that it can actually cut are very, very limited, yeah. right? It's yeah. you're not you're not gonna be not cutting metal. Yeah. You're not gonna be cutting metal, you're not gonna be cutting a lot of uh serious serious thick wood or very hard woods and stuff like that but you can you can do stuff like veneer you can cut out inlays like i was saying so you could do some really complicated interesting things with that but here's the thing is that the, the outrage which i again would not have even seen if it weren't for this random hoodie experience cracked me up because it oh, reminds man. me of so many other you know conversations we've had about companies who adjust their their terms of service their business model they'll do it on a dime and they just piss off everyone that ever use their things. And now Cricket is scrambling to basically un-F this, this pushback or this explosion against them. So about a week into it, they, they adjusted the terms and they were like, okay, no, we're changing this. Anyone that owns a Cricket that purchased it under you know the old terms, like it's tied to the device, you can upload forever. We're sorry. And people are like, don't care, returning new ones, trying to get rid of my old ones, going to the, your competitor, like Silhouette, apparently, which I know very little about, but they're a competitor and they are just wow. basking in the glow of this sure. catastrophic motion, right? And and then fast forward like another week or two, and Cricket has completely pulled back on the entire attempt to force wow. users into it. But honestly, I'm curious about whether or not they will be able to recover from the brand damage that this decision did to them. And and it's beautiful because it's it's the exact same thing we were talking about with AT&T, only AT&T is so big, they can afford to piss everyone off, apparently, <laughs> right? Um, but, but Cricket is, I, like, they're in a weird place. They have a really cool system. You can do really cool things, but they had a huge following, and they have pissed so many people off in an attempt to pigeonhole people into giving them more money. And it just wonder how, did not go well. <laughs> how did they come to that decision? Were they in some sort of meeting with other business owners and somebody mentioned, hey, you really need to have like a subscription model, right? That's the, that's the thing. That's what everyone well, And they doing. already had it. They just forced everyone to go to it. Oh. And that's what pissed everybody off. This was an option. You could yeah. pay. And in fact, my, you know, I was talking to my neighbor. I was like, pay? oh my gosh. If you well, could do unlimited. Because it was easy. Pay? You already have to upload everything there. I think if if you're not already using more advanced tools or you haven't already purchased them, right, then then using their design studio is sufficient. In fact, I, my neighbor fits in that bucket. I, I reached out to her and I was like, oh, you would oh did you hear about all the cricket studio. craziness? And she was like, no, what's up? And I said, they're forcing people to go pay for the subscription. She's like, I already do, whatever. Oh, and I so gotcha. so either either they thought they had enough people using it that it wasn't going to be that disruptive and it was worth the, mm -hmm. the dollars and cents or 
they really thought people loved their device and not the competition enough to say, we can get away with this, which is, I think, really dirty. And I think why people are, are angry, but they clearly misjudged. Yeah. Yep. So I, I thought that was interesting. I wouldn't have known anything about cricket. And then it, they had quite the saga over the last month. That is pretty funny. But let me, sorry, Frontier again. I just remembered at the end of that call, just because I saw an email just pop up just now. She told me, hey, since you bought this thing, don't forget that you can give us back the router and save 10 bucks a month. Yeah, I'm I like, need to call because I, You're also I don't have me. their router, I mean, but I think they think I have their router. Yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, I already knew that, but I was so, I was grateful that cool. she would even say that yeah. to try to help me pay less. High five, Frontier, awesome. way to go. Totally more more reps like that. What else right, we, got? We, got? I think, we shutting it down? I, one more and then we got to shut it down, I think. Okay. Um, I, I saw this. I figure you know about it. I'm sure Russ does too. But apparently the NFL finalized a deal with Amazon to stream Thursday night programming and two Super Bowls for 11 years at a billion dollars a year. Whoa. Yeah. So <laughs> the, yeah. The, and it was it's Thursday night that they have, right? Yeah. I'm try- I cannot remember if Thursday night is the most watched is it night or not? I, I can't remember, but it's, it's, it's one of those. It, it is. Wow. The, yeah. It's the largest audience that you can achieve. That's nuts. I mean, from, I, from obviously, obviously it's, it's hugely profitable because a billion bucks a year is not small dollars, even for an Amazon. I don't feel um, that's, that's absolutely incredible at scale, I think. Oh, and that reminds me too. Amazon also just announced that it's bringing a boatload of, uh, local programming so like local news stuff that you could potentially get over uh over the air but yeah well to the amazon tv devices at least whether it's prime or not i'm not sure actually i don't have a link in front of me but i remember seeing that flicking yeah okay well maybe this will help push people to amazon prime then because i have it but i never use it i Uh, see we use use prime we don't use it a lot right because we i think netflix and and other sources tend to be dominant but yeah every once in a while pick up prime content their interface actually isn't the best, I no, feel, for finding content, not. which is funny because it's so similar to Netflix and yet so different enough that yeah. it's just not awesome. It, it, to me, it has the Xbox home screen feel where it just doesn't Ooh. make sense. I, not like, the blades. Yeah. You going old school? No, just the interface. Like if you go log no, into your Xbox, it's just, it's all kinds of clunky. So yeah, and, too many clicks Amazon to get Prime places, right? That. Yeah, exactly. Like if you go open up uh, Apple TV, super clean. Netflix, super clean. Amazon yeah. Prime is like, what is this? <laughs> I'm confused. Let's is go. Like a let's graduate go to the student app. project, or what's happening here? Because this <laughs> is awesome. it's not clean in the least. Interface so design that up. Take some of that billion, every billion dollars, a little extra change. Can't you know? already spend it on content. Which honestly, like I'm okay with. Another you want to keep bringing better content and not fixing your silly system? I'm okay with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, that's cool because the only way I've been able to get local content, I picked up a recast uh, like years ago now, right? And so, you know, just plugged into an HD antenna that's sitting up in the attic and, and taking advantage of a few lines in the house and then streaming, basically streaming local content to the box. I don't use it very much. In fact, I haven't set it up since I moved, so I'm not using it at all right now. But I, I like the idea. I thought it was novel. I thought it was worth leaning into because I, I'm a huge fan of cord cutting in general and being able to consume content that you want versus content that's shoved down your throat. And that was a cool way to pick up things like the Olympics and um, uh, like debates and things like that, that are almost always available freely over the air in high definition, but 
I don't have devices that are hooked up that way. I don't pay for cable, things like that. So uh, that's why I picked up a recast. I think this bodes well if they're just doing agreements so that they can stream it natively. That's that's great. Um, yeah, I was trying to I was trying to figure out the the Thursday night thing and answer that. But yeah, if you if you just go to most watched broadcasts of all time, the out of the top thirty, the top twenty nine are Super Bowls. Good lord, that's <laughs> N- awesome. number nine is the Mash uh, final episode. Oh yeah, oh that's funny. I think I've heard a stat like that before, where the yeah. Mash final episode is always creeping up in there. I, I, it's interesting that the 11 year media rights only include two Super Bowls. And uh, I didn't get to read Sunday the whole night thing, football. But I won- That's the one. I'm sorry. It's Sunday I, night. I, I thought That's it was weekend one. stuff. Uh, yeah. I don't I, watch I, a lot of football, so I, I couldn't really weigh in on that. But it made sense yeah. to me that it was one of those. But um, I wonder if they're going to see what this drags and then maybe lean in. Slash, it was just if you want Sunday night, it's going to cost $21 billion yeah. a year or something insane, right? Yep. 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 Disney. Now, Disney's got more. So Disney picked up too. I just noticed at the bottom of the article that uh, Disney's going to have 23 games instead of just 17 from the previous deal. But those and ABCs and Monday Night Football, man, I football money. That's all I'm getting from this yeah. article. Money, 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 it's money. money. <laughs> it's money. It's big time money. Sunday Night Football. All right. We should shut this down. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, uh, that's crazy. Well, um, yeah, I got nothing else. That's that's wild. Feel like we touched on a lot of fun stuff today. Anyways, that brings another Tech Breakfast podcast to a close. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We certainly had fun. We missed you, Russ. You should have joined us. Oh, and it's kind of late, but don't forget, we're giving away an Oculus too, and y'all want in on that. So give us a retweet. Go go. Shout out to V Spatial. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Twitter. Uh, interact with the, yeah, you gotta follow the podcast VR at yes, the spatial VR. VR as well. You got to make sure you're following them. Part of the deal. Yep. 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 And, and then, uh, uh, what, when is it? We're announcing next Friday, a week from today. Ooh, so you we don't have will, much time. We're going to have to do this at the beginning of our podcast. Yeah. So. We got to figure out, we got to go and pull all the names like the day before, or maybe that morning of, I guess. Yeah. And then uh, we'll, we'll, uh, I, I got to figure out how do we, we got to find some way to put, Maybe I'll just put them all in an Excel spreadsheet and I'll say, like, you guys can't see the names. And I'll say, okay, there's, you know, 52 names. Give me a number. And I just, no, we're just going to use a random number generator and then the high that matches the one that it's next to. There you go. Random number generator, too. <laughs> Whatever, dude. There's we got this. Ways we got we this. That cat. All right. Share this with your friends. We're out of yeah. here. Peace. Have a great weekend, y'all. Bye.